Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Kuzma to the rim for a dunk on a give and go with Ingram. And the Lakers go back up by two, 106-104. Yes, it's very concerning. I think, you know, the, the big thing is to win on the road. It's hard to win anywhere in the NBA, but to win on the road, it takes a lot of toughness. Well, we got to get it done. We can't get out rebounded every night. And until we fix that, we're not going to be successful. Oh, he makes you feel so confident, does he? <laughs> and what's going to happen with the franchise going forward. Myron Metcalf here filling in for Mackie and Judd. Manny Hill here as well, as always. Um, obviously, everyone's talking about the Timberwolves and, and kind of what's happening there. You know how I feel like Jimmy Butler is in terms of just like him making taking this public stance where he doesn't want to be here, but you kind of have to tolerate him. He's just kind of almost toying with the franchise. He He's the ex-girlfriend who comes to Christmas with gifts. It just confuses everybody. He's not there. He's not there to make peace. He's right. not there for the holiday. He's just there for the for the drama. Yeah. Like Jimmy's just here for the drama. Jimmy Jimmy just wants to destroy things. He yeah. he just wants to leave a negative mark uh, on this franchise. He's not here to win, right? He he's not here to boost and elevate some of these young players. Everyone thought he would be this great mentor. Mm-hmm. He 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 is here for himself, which is why he plays in He's places like chaos, L.A. Man. and why he does the interviews and the wild practices. At some point, though, if you're the Minnesota Timberwolves, you have to stand up for yourself. Like like, what message are you sending to future players? I was down at the Champions Classic in Indianapolis on Tuesday. Every NBA team was represented at the Champions Classic. Mm-hmm. Zion Williamson was there who looked great. Uh, a lot of NBA prospects. I think five of the top seven prospects on ESPN.com played in this event. When I get down there, I'm talking to representatives from, you know, I won't say the team, but they were just going hard mm. on Jimmy Butler and how negative, how, how they have gone from being a fan to just feeling like he is this guy that they would never want to be with their franchise. His his reputation has certainly taken a hit because it's going to take a special kind of team to give him long-term money and to welcome him, welcome him into the fold because there's a lot that comes with Jimmy Butler, clearly. But as a franchise, what message are you sending to anybody? He's He is, he is like our guy Bill that tweeted us last hour. He's... Wesley, he's he's Simon Phoenix, man. Yeah, he is. He's Simon Phoenix. So now the Wolves need to find their John Spartan and get, get, get him the hell out of here. That's the, the problem? problem. They got it, and <laughs> the problem is they can get him out of here. There have been deals on the table. The, Tibbs just don't want to part with him. Yeah, and the reputation 
for a, a franchise that has no culture, for a franchise that doesn't really have a, a legacy, mm-hmm. and hope that Carl Towns could be that, where do you go from here in terms of building for the future? You're going to lose Jimmy. You're going to lose Tibbs at some point, And you're going to look back and go, was it all worth it? Because yeah, it's not. This guy hasn't won anything. Mm-hmm. He has not won anything. They're still a horrible defensive team the same way they were last year. They were 25th in de- defensive efficiency last year. They're 29th this year. Yeah, Jimmy they, ain't changed a thing for this team. He's taken them into the playoffs, but the playoffs ain't the goal. And that is the biggest indictment, I think, on Tom Thibodeau now is he was brought in to change to change the culture defensively, and to he get didn't. them better defensively. And they have been, since he got here, and I mean, obviously before he got here as well, but since he got here, they have been in the bottom third of the league defensively every year. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Because we're treating him as if he raised them and made them a top 15 defensive team and that they went seven games with the Rockets. And they're not. They didn't. The reality is Jimmy Focus committed could be a huge part of this team and could be something that you build around with Towns and Butler. But if he's checked out, you've got to go and get it. And Chip said this last hour. I'm at the point where Glenn Taylor has to say, the next deal that comes, we're doing it. Because it's just not worth the long-term health of the franchise to put up with this. Mark Jackson, on during the broadcast on Friday when they were at Golden State, he posed a great question. There's two quotes that have been uttered by broadcasters and analysts on this team in the last week that have really stuck with me. One was Mark Jackson on Friday when they were at Golden State. He, he said, would Jimmy Butler tolerate what Jimmy Butler is doing? <laughs> nope. That's no, a great quote. That's great. And then we had our guy Jim Pete on earlier this week, Jim Peterson, and he, he said, the quote was, you can be unhappy, you know, talking about Jimmy Butler, you can be unhappy with your situation, but you can't be unprofessional. Yeah. It, and that's when that's what's happening right now is Jimmy's being unprofessional. He's unhappy, and we all know that, but he's not handling this situation the way that he should. He's handling it the way he knows he can because he knows nobody's going to step to him and hold him accountable for it. But it's, it's, he's not being professional right now, and that's the unfortunate part. And who wants a dude like that? A guy who's a good player. He's a good player. He ain't great. He's good. He ain't great. And he plays his tail. When he does play, he plays Plays his tail off. But who wants everything that comes with the Jimmy Butler package? Can you imagine if LeBron James had acted this way in Cleveland last year? Dragging him through the mud. It would be every story in the country would be LeBron. Can you imagine if KD would have done this in Oklahoma City before he went to the Warriors? Can you just imagine what the backlash would have been? For for those guys, if they would have acted that way, I mean, look at look at Bryce Harper taking heat for turning down three hundred million dollars with this mess of a franchise known as the Nationals. Like stars wouldn't be able to get away with this. That's how you know Jimmy Butler ain't a real star. Superstars don't get away with this. They would get checked whether it was by the public, the media, mm. or their own teams. But guys like Jimmy, who are you know five steps from superstardom. Who, who in their minds, they think they're at the top of the pile, but they're really not that, they can come to Minnesota and do this stuff. But I'm waiting for Carl Towns because Carl Towns is the guy, this is going to be his team, we think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in theory, it's supposed to be. He's the guy who 
needs to assert that he's not going to deal with this anymore. Young Kevin Garnett would be throwing punches right now <laughs> in practice. <laughs> young. I ain't talking about mature Kevin Garnett. I'm not talking about 07. I'm talking young Kevin Garnett. 23-year-old 20, Chicago Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett would be throwing haymakers. Now, I'm not advocating violence. I'm just telling you what would have happened. Because there was an era where Jimmy Butler couldn't go into a locker room and do that. There was an era where you would not be allowed to embarrass your teammates to you this know, degree. You know what's interesting, too? I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Kevin Garnett because, you know, at the start of the, or a couple of weeks ago, KG had some thoughts on this whole this whole thing. And KG was pretty critical of Jimmy Butler. As he should how, be. Yeah, and I can't help but to wonder if KG was still in it, even not not necessarily as a player still, but if he was still in that building and involved with the organization, because obviously his this relationship he has with Glenn Taylor is not a good one, and so yeah. KG has sort of disconnected himself from from the organization. But I can't help but to wonder if KG was still a part of this organization and still just sort of around in the, in the building, how he would have handled Jimmy Butler doing something like this. And the way, you know, when he walked into that practice and did that whole thing a couple of weeks ago and is just saying the things that he's been saying and did the interview with Rachel and, and all that stuff. I'd be curious to see if KG was actually like a part of this organization, how he would handle that. He'd be throwing It'd be makers. interesting. He'd it be would be dead. very, very interesting. And I even wonder if Jimmy Butler would even have taken this as far as he's taken it publicly. If KG were still, if somebody like KG were still involved in the organization. I wonder about KG's involvement. I wonder if you had a flip. This doesn't happen with flip. Mm-mm. This doesn't get to this point. I don't even know. I don't even think flip trades for Jimmy Butler. No, but if he has them. But if he has them. There right. was a, such a respect that flip demanded. Flip had such an aura, right? Where you wouldn't have done something that might embarrass him. Mm-hmm. At a minimum, if you don't care about embarrassing your teammates, care about embarrassing the guy that you say is a coach you respect. Care about him. You don't care about Wiggins and Towns. We get it. Care enough to know that you're embarrassing a coach. Because you're making him that look you silly claim, right that, now. Yeah, that you claim to respect. Yeah. The reality is, look really silly right now. Jimmy Butler only cares about Jimmy Butler, and it's always been that way. I understand he's got the great blue collar story. Here's what I hate: I hate, I hate it when the guys who come from nothing throw that in your face when they do silly things like this. I hate it when they throw it in your face and make it as an excuse. Oh, what can you say about me? I came from the dirt, so you get to act like a jerk, Terrell Owens, because you came from nothing. Carol Owens, yeah, man. I don't care what you came from. Look at where you're at now. Yeah. You're here now. That ain't no excuse anymore. That's what, you know what, Jimmy Butler, I've made this comparison a ton of times. I, It is almost a mirror image of Terrell Owens. Same sort of path to being the yep. terrific player that they are. And they Never came gonna up, win they, had to, they, had to, they had to work their tail off to be as good as they are. They weren't drafted high. Didn't go to a high-profile school. Got drafted to an organization that had a lot of history of winning in tradition, right? And sort of played their way out of those situations, went to the new place, caused an issue there. Yep. This is what we're we're dealing with Jimmy Jimmy Butler with the Wolves right now. It's just like Terrell Owens with the Philadelphia Eagles. Jimmy Owens, man. You are, you are, that is, 
That that's, is the nail that, on the that, head. It, it is. That's exactly what what we're seeing, and he's playing himself out of here, just like Teal played himself out of Philadelphia. And now you just got to determine who's who's going to be the Dude. Dallas Cowboys. Who's going to take <laughs> Jimmy Butler when you make the trade? I guess the one difference would be Terrell Owens always had the effort on the court. Jimmy is doing things as a basketball player that go against his reputation as that hard worker. The skipping games and practices and mm-hmm. T.O.'s teammates. T.O. didn't sit out games. T.O., when the lights came hurt. on, T.O. was going to play. Yeah. Only receiver in NFL history with 12 consecutive seasons of 750 yards or more. Yeah. That Jerry is the, Rice right. didn't do that. Randy Moss didn't do that. You're right. That That is the difference. Because Jimmy T.O. ain't playing. T.O. showed up for the Super Bowl with a with a bum ankle and <clears throat> played his tail off. And Jimmy right now is just sort of picking and choosing when he decides he wants to play. Now, when he does play, he's going to play hard. But when he does. He, when he does. But right now, it's like, you know, I just did a podcast today with Danny Cunningham, who just came on board with us here at 1500. And he he said it perfectly. Bet your bottom dollar that Jimmy Butler does not play tomorrow night in Sacramento. Oh, he's not playing there. He's not going to play against the Kings. He'll play last night against the Lakers and LeBron. Big lights, national TV. Yeah. He ain't playing in Sacramento tomorrow night. But you know what, man? He came from nothing. He worked his way up. I can't stand that. Like, you're the only person who's worked hard to get what you have. Like, you're the only person who's had to sacrifice something to climb and elevate and raise your profile. I don't care about that. I care about who you are now. And the respect you should have for the path that path that you've traveled. And the respect you should have for the people who've helped you get there. And he's doing none of that. We'll be back after this. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Yeah. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. Well, here we are again. Yes. Yeah. On 1500 ESPN. All right, let's check on your traffic here on the TCL Broadcast Studios. 94 eastbound, we've got a crash in St. Paul. That's between 35E and 12th Street. Prepare for an extra four minutes there, Myron. And uh, we've got some callers on the line who are uh, who want to weigh in on the uh, Jimmy Butler situation right now. We should. Uh, let's go to Pat in River Falls first. What's up, Pat? Hey, I thought Jimmy Butler, when he was signed, he said, hey, everybody, there's a problem. Call me, text me. I'm here all the time. Any <laughs> questions, problems, reach out to me, and I will text you or call you back. Maybe we can blow up his phone and ask him exactly why he and Towns don't get along. And I think everybody knows the real reason why Towns hates Butler. Well, Pat, my guess is that phone is now disconnected. Yeah, it's I'm probably guess not he the same. Have that same number anymore. Same, same number. He he certainly came. He he made. You know, one of the better entrance entrances into a new market. I mean, he was approachable. He he was funny. I remember that press conference, that initial press conference. He was everything you would want in a guy who claims to be, you know, maybe the future of your franchise or wants to be a part of whatever you're building. Said all the right things. Did all the right things. Um, he he looked the part. He played the part. But that's part of the problem with Jimmy Butler. He looks the part sometimes, doesn't always play it when it comes to being a leader. Because you find out what a dude is made of in moments like this. Mm-hmm. You're winning, whatever. You're winning. Everybody's happy and great. Everyone's a great teammate on a championship team. Has anyone ever been like, you win a championship and you're like, well, 
those three guys are bad teammates. No, everybody's <laughs> a great teammate on a championship yeah. team, on a winning team. But it's in moments like this where you see what guys are really made of. And I, I agree with Pat. Jimmy came off as the guy that was going to be a great teammate, mm-hmm. was here to mentor some good young players, was here to elevate this franchise and help it regain you know, whatever it had under Garnett. And he's done none of those things. The dude in Annandale, what's up? What's going on, guys? First off, Pat is, uh, he makes a great point, and uh, I think that's what hurts the most, is we got the Andrew Wiggins, Glenn Taylor handshake look in the eye, you know, it, it still bit us in the butt. <laughs> My question is, you know, looking at last night's game, especially before I passed out, uh, I may have seen, like, one moment of defense with Cat hitting the ball. The Lakers clearly need help to be anywhere near relative, just like we do, except for they have a much better chance in the, in the near future. So my question is, would you guys take Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram for Butler? I personally would take Ingram for Butler alone because I believe in Ingram that much, and we need the young talent, and we have to get rid of the toxic, uh, you know, energy that that Butler brings. So I just wanted to see if if that's something you guys would at all consider, um, considering you know we didn't take the greatest deal ever for first round picks. But so I just want to get your your feel for that. Also, tell uh, tell Judd and Phil I love them and miss them. Hope they're doing well. All right, thanks, dude. Um, you start with that, Manny. Where, yeah, where? I. I like Brandon Ingram a lot, I, and I would take him straight up for Jimmy Butler. I honestly would. I mean, considering where everything is at right now, I just think if you're the Lakers, do you really have, unless you're really worried about, you know, unless you want Jimmy Butler bad enough that you're worried that somebody else could get him in free agency, why would you trade for him when you can, when you'll have the cap space to bring him in in free agency in the summer? Yeah. If well, they want it, I mean, I, if they look at Jimmy Butler and say, this is the guy we want. We want him badly. Or if LeBron goes to Magic and says, you need to get Jimmy Butler here, we want Jimmy Butler specifically, Yeah. then you could probably see them making a deal. But if they feel like, if the Lakers feel like, look, we're going to have the cap space. If we, we could get Jimmy Butler, but if we don't get Jimmy Butler, we can make a run at Kawhi or yeah. you know, make a trade for Anthony Davis or we something like that. You know, We got options. I don't know if you're the Lakers, if you're you know, really willing to give up one of your young assets who's pretty good and Brandon Ingram or Lonzo or something like that to get Jimmy Butler here. Yeah, I mean, and there, like you said, the the list is, he's not at the top. The number one guy with L.A., I think, is Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to make it work, but you get some assets, some picks. If Anthony Davis makes it clear he wants out, I can see that move happening. Then Clay Thompson, 2019. Like, if this Warriors thing blows up after this, mm-hmm. if they win another one and decide, hey, everybody go their separate ways. Don't sleep on Kevin Durant, who might opt out <laughs> and might decide that he wants to do something crazy and play with LeBron uh, and Kawhi, obviously. So mm-hmm. I don't think Jimmy's at the top of the list. But if that came, you have to you have to trade for Ingram. And if you got yeah. Lonzo, too. The problem is Ingram, much like Andrew Wiggins, thinks about playing defense. Yeah. who doesn't actually do it. So I'm concerned that if you brought Ingram, Ball, and Wiggins here, you'd have three dudes playing Fortnite at their apartment together instead of watching film. I'm not that I'm not that high on Lonzo. Are you high on Lonzo? I I think, I think he's I think he's good, but I don't think he's going to make very many All-Star teams or anything. Like I don't see All-Star with Lonzo. 
No, I don't. I, I think, think he's good, limited. Solid NBA point guard. He's a who looks a lot better when he's next to someone like LeBron. Mm-hmm. He's inconsistent, which has always been the problem, and he's limited, like you said. But I take him. I mean, if you had a chance mm-hmm. to bring him in with Brandon Ingram, now offensively Ingram is unique. Yeah, and I think he can really blossom into someone special. And if you look at KD, who went from being one of the worst defenders that anybody had ever seen to being one of the key defenders with the Golden State Warriors. Like, those long arm dudes, those stretch Armstrong, go-go gadget arms dudes, mm-hmm. you can teach them to play defense because they're so they're so long and versatile. Yeah, And I wonder if that's not the same case with a, with a Brandon uh, Ingram. But defensively, you're going to have some problems right off the bat if you get him next to Wiggins. Um <laughs> That's not going to be, you know, cats kind of up and yeah, down defensively, and you that's know. not going to be a good look because the the mistake that people make about the NBA is they go, "Well, it's a scorers' league." It is, but look at the Warriors and where they ranked in defensive efficiency they over play. this championship they run. Do you up, man? Look at the Rockets and where they've ranked during their run. Like the the defensive end is so important in today's NBA. Celtics, and you yeah. bring in Ingram, you bring in. Next to Cat, next to Wiggins, next to Lonzo, you have a lot of defensive issues, and and I, and that's where I think the change at the head coach needs to happen because you need to get somebody in here who is going to implement not just bark out whatever. You need somebody that's going to implement a culture, a defensive culture. Yeah. You know, you 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 look at what now the Celtics are. The Celtics are sort of up and down right now this season, but you know they're going to be there. Oh, they're they're going to get it together, and they're going to figure it out, and they're going to be one of the best teams in the league. But you look at the way that they are, you know, Brad Stevens is dealing with, he's got Kyrie, who's never been known as a great defender, Gordon Hayward, never been known as a great defender, yep. and then he's got kids. Yep. You know what I mean? And he's got Al Horford, who is a good defensive player, but he's got, he's dealing with kids like, you know, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, and he's found a way to get those guys to buy in to not just the defense, but everything that they're doing. I mean, there's guys, all they need shots. Yeah. Everybody needs shots. Everybody needs playing time. And he's managing all of that. And Tom Thibodeau right now just doesn't, hasn't shown the ability to sort of manage where everything is to look at Andrew Wiggins and say, how do I get more out of him? Yeah. I mean, not I- just say, Andrew, I need more out of you. You got to figure out how do I get more out of him? How do I get more out of Cat? Yeah, and Tibbs hasn't done that yet. I, I wish I believed that Wiggins wanted to become a better player, and I'm sure he does. But I wish I believed it. Mm-hmm. He's got to. He's got to show it. Yeah, I wish he's I believed show it. it. I wish I believed it, and I wish I believed that Tibbs could help him in that process. I don't, I don't believe either it's just one. Not, it's just not I don't a believe Tibbs can help him. It's I, not a good fit, man. I don't believe Wiggins has that that dog, that hunger, that desire to say, you know what, I'm just too gifted to not be better than what I am. I'm just too gifted to not capital. And now he's got $147 million. <laughs> he's got generational money. Yeah. What are you going to say to a dude? Like, it's... It's one thing to tell a guy, if you don't improve on these things, you're going to miss out on a max deal. If you give them lottery money, and now you're saying, but you got to get better at this, says who? You just gave me $147 million, homeboy. Apparently, I don't have to get much better. Apparently, I'm worth this now. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest challenge when it comes to Andrew Wiggins is 
he knows no matter what, that guy has made enough money for his great grandchildren <laughs> if he invests well to yep. be okay. And that's a great place to be. I, I more, Respect to NBA guys who get that kind of money. I do not knock someone who capitalizes on their value. But man, now just leave a legacy. The money's there. Mm-hmm. Now, now what about your legacy? Because all those guys who have a bunch of money, they're good. But it's about what are people going to say about you in 20 years? I, I wish I, someone could tap into, if it's there, Wiggins thinking like that. What are people going to say about me when I'm when I'm not in the league anymore? What's my legacy going to be? I just don't know what if he cares. What are people going to think of me? I just yeah. don't know if he cares. Yeah. And if the guy doesn't care about his legacy and he's got $147 million coming, it's hard to change his mindset. And if you got a coach who can't even get to his, you know, prodigal son or wherever Jimmy Butler is, if he can't get to Jimmy Butler, how can he get to anybody else? It's just a mess, and you almost have to hit the reset button, I feel like. Not almost. You have to hit the reset button and give this team, this franchise, a chance to maybe build around a Carl Towns. Maybe build around some other pieces. Uh, But right now, it's just a mess. Absolute mess. We will be back after this with my man, ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, to talk Vikings. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500 ESPN. What is it you're trying to say? Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. Now up for grabs on the 1500 ESPN stream player. A $25 high V gift card thanks to Luther Brookdale Toyota. Shop where Mackie shops. Head to 1500ESPN.com and click on the stream player to find out how to win. Myron? Myron Cap back here filling in on Mackie and Judd on 1500ESPN with Manny Fresh Hill. Uh, my guy, Dan Orlovsky, is here. I do a show with Dan and Matt Jones, NFL's uh, Countdown to Kickoff on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN app, or your local affiliate. Dan, how you doing, man? Myron, what's up, man? How are you, bro? Good, man. Thanks for making time. Dan, the expert uh, analyst, college football and NFL uh, here in Vikings country. I think a lot of people are trying to figure out what to make of this team in the second half of the season. If you had to give them a grade right now, Dan, what grade would you give the Minnesota Vikings? Oh, it wouldn't be good. Um, you know, it'd probably be like a C minus for, <laughs> you know, you could you could argue it should be somewhere around the D world as well. You know, my my point with the Vikings is this: um, last year was obviously what it was, and the recipe and the formula to do it wasn't broken, and they made the decision to fix it. And I believe it was the right decision to move from a Case Keenum to a Kirk Cousins. I don't need to. I, I am as big a Kirk Cousins fan as there is out there. But it hasn't gone to plan in the totality of things. Now, it's not Kirk's fault. Kirk is playing very, very good football. But in the totality of it, you're going, wait, this isn't, the, this isn't going the way we had planned for this to go, certainly through the offseason and whatnot. And so um, the offense has played well, um, uh, but, but the defense has been the question mark, like everybody knows. So if you're looking at this team and go, man, we're one play away from going to – um, not not one play away, but you know you're one game away from going to the Super Bowl. 
and now you're sitting here, you're going to have to fight for your life to make the playoffs here in the back last two months of the season, you'd have to say right now it's, it certainly hasn't met the expectations. Uh, we were talking about this earlier in the show, Dan, about the fact that, and we talk about this on the show, just how many great quarterbacks there are in the NFL right now. And it seems like in order to advance, to even get to the playoffs, you're going to have to beat some of these really talented uh, quarterbacks. Can can Kirk Cousins, if he has to beat a Russell Wilson, a Cam Newton, if he has to beat one of those guys to get in, to advance in the playoffs, can, can he do that? Can he be an elite quarterback in the postseason and help this Vikings team advance if he has to face a quarterback of that pedigree? No question. No question. I mean, Kirk Cousin is the most underappreciated quarterback that probably we have in our NFL right now. I mean, certainly you can make the case that some people don't think that this guy's that good or this guy's that good, but just as for a guy who's had the production he's had and even having the season he has, he's having right now, Kirk is probably one of the more underappreciated guys. I don't, I don't undervalue the fact that he's got, you know, arguably the, the top two receiving duo in the NFL with Thielen and Diggs to throw to, so that's going to help any quarterback, and obviously Kyle Rudolph's very good. But, yeah, I just believe in the guy. I believe in his ability to judge how guys come out of their cuts so he can throw with such good anticipation. He's got really good trust in his eyes, so the ball comes out of his hand. He throws to the right place more often than not on a consistent basis. So, yeah, I mean, if he's, if you get into crunch time and, and he, you, hey, you, we need Kirk to have his best game, I trust and believe that he will. I think highly of the dude. Dan, uh, obviously, Dan Orlovsky's on with us, former NFL quarterback, ESPN analyst. Pro Football Focus did their midseason rankings uh, a couple days ago. Uh, they ranked Kirk Cousins as the number eight quarterback in the NFL. Is that high? Is that low? Where do you stand on that? No, I think it's kind of right where it should be in the world. You know, I, I'm under the belief that there's probably like, you know, six really, really good to great quarterbacks every year. And then there's going to be another six that fluctuate, you know, between people thinking they're really good and people thinking they're okay and people thinking they're overpaid and people thinking they're underpaid. And really that that wave of six is going to be dependent on – What's the win-loss record at? Have they stayed healthy as an offense? Who's their play caller? How's the people around them playing? And so, and then the rest of the guys are just kind of guys for the most part. And so, no, he's he's in that class where as long as he's the, he, he stays healthy and his team is playing good football and the weapons around him are performing at the level that they should, he's going to flirt with that top five, six, seven spot for, for the consistency of the time. And then as, as long as he plays the way – he consistently shows he'll be in that conversation. He's never going to be the top four or five guy. I mean, those guys are the top four of seven billion. You know, they are they are franchise changing humans. Um, but he's never going to be bottom than you know lower than the thirteenth, fourteenth range either. He's always going to be in that mix of a top, you know, ten quarterback that you can bank on consistently playing at a high level. Dan, where where is this team at with? with the offensive line in your mind because that's been the big the big story all season long and I was very critical of Rick Spielman for not really addressing the offensive line in in the offseason and obviously with with going to get Kirk Cousins and spending the 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 amount of money to to bring him in 
they were sort of limited in terms of just the amount of cap space that they had to just go sign a, a big name free agent. But you know, he didn't really address the offensive line in in the draft either, especially early on. He he went and got Brian O'Neill, who was kind of a project right tackle, who's starting now at right tackle, but. He needed to address the interior offensive line because he lost Joe Berger who, to uh, to retirement, who was very good for them the last couple of years. And so now they're just sort of trying to piece everything together on the offensive line because they've been dealing with injuries there. Where, where are you at with, with that part of, the, part of the team? Yeah, that would be the biggest concern for me. And that always has been and always will be. Because if you look at the teams that are going to play well throughout – a course of a season, and then when things get, you know, into crunch time in the playoffs, the teams that are built inside out, I'm not saying this is gospel and it's the only way, but the teams that are built inside out are the teams that are strong enough to survive anything. You look back at last year, the, the Eagles, how did they do it? Everyone, yeah, sure, Foles, and it was their lines. Both lines won it. If you look the past years when the, you know, you talk about when the Panthers went, it was their lines. When the Broncos went, it was their lines. When the Patriots go, it's their lines. And so, you know, that would be, for me, the, I guess, the asterisk of how it's going to really play out because eventually you, you'll get exposed if your lines, both on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, can't hold up. And, you know, really what happens in November and December in the NFL and really in college football too, but now you get to the end of the season is, one, is your team healthy? Everyone knows that. But two, coaches start to separate themselves. And not all coaches are equal. There's, there's coaches out there that are just way better than all the other coaches. And so if you've got an offensive line that's not playing well and you're pl- going to be playing against defenses that have really good coordinators, they're going to find ways to attack certain people in that offensive line. No matter what you try to do, they will attack people, whether it's by their alignment or their pressures. And so that would be the concern for me with the, the, the Vikings is, can that offensive line hold up to allow the people that they've brought in and paid and whatnot to effectively perform that way? And so especially when you're in this division with uh, the team right now, like the Bears, that their defensive line is playing at such a high level, that would be the question mark. Right now, the Vikings' offensive line is not good enough to take them where the expectations have them to go, you know? And so they need to um, get a little healthier, uh, play consistently. And I think flip can help them a little bit. And also, you know, the defense becoming, you know, playing the way they should be playing will help that offensive line because you're not going to be playing at such a deficit all the time. Dan, it it feels like right now at least the NFC goes through the the Saints and, and Drew Brees. Des Bryant. Uh, gets added to that mix. I, I was surprised by the move, but w- what can he do in that offense? Do you expect him to perform well there? Oh, I love the move, Myron. I love it. You know, two reasons why. We're in the golden age right now when it comes to the NFL of multiplicity and matchups being king. If you're a team that can be multiple on offense and get matchups, you're going to play really good because of the way the rules are spread out and the field. The teams that can do that, that have the coaches to do it and then the people to do it are the teams that are going to play well offensively. And so when you look at the, the Saints, you go, man, they got Kamara and they got Mike Thomas, both incredibly good players. But after Mike Thomas, you go, okay, they've got a piece here and a piece here, but they don't have enough matchups to really go, we can go win the Super Bowl. And so when you're looking at Dez, 
He's a guy that always had to be one or one A down in Dallas. And so now Dez gets to come in and be a complimentary piece. And so Dez isn't going to have to go against one corners. And he's not going to have to go against two corners. He's going to be able to go against three and four and number five corners. That's going to be such a favorable matchup for him. And then the second thing is Breeze is the greatest quarterback ever when it comes to ball placement. And I'm not talking about accuracy. I'm talking about ball placement, meaning Breeze seems like when he can, it seems like he just runs out to the receiver and places the ball exactly where he wants it. Now, he's usually at his best when it comes to like the big bodied receivers doing that, the Marcus Colston's and the Jimmy Graham's. That is a 6'2, 220. He's a big body receiver. And so that ball placement is a confidence thing, and he's going to be able to do that with Dez. So I love the move. I have no issues with his character. If they win, which they will, he'll be quiet. They'll distribute the ball to him. That offense is about distribution so i love it for them dan man thank you very much man for for calling in we appreciate it i will talk to you sunday man all right buddy you got it man have a good night all right thanks a lot that was dan arlovsky former nfl quarterback espn analyst talking about the vikings and Kirk cousins and what he might be able to do in the future we will be back after this on Mackie and judd Mackie and Judd will return shortly. just a reminder this station does not endorse this on 1500 espn Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, man. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here. And uh, we've got a crash in Golden Valley on uh, 394 eastbound. That is uh, causing about a three-minute delay. That's between Park Place and Highway 100. So uh, be on the lookout for that, folks. Zion Williamson for three. And there's Williamson with another rebound. And now he's bringing it up the floor. Bounce pass to Jones for the layup. Very efficient. Rebounding, handling the ball, and finishing again. Man, oh man. I know we've said it before. This kid's got 1.8 million followers on Instagram, largely because of dunks. It's a disservice to his talent to call him a dunker. No, he's a player. He's unbelievable. That was uh, from last night's broadcast. I mean, Tuesday's actually. Mm -hmm. With uh, Duke versus Kentucky. Myron Metcalf here. Filling, filling in on Mackie and Judd, uh, Manny Hill as well. Um, you saw it firsthand. Yeah, I was I was in Indianapolis Tuesday. Well, let me go back before that. I, I saw Zion Williamson at a practice, a close practice, uh, two or three weeks ago. And there was a play, Manny, where he gets a rebound, right? Three dribbles. <laughs> One, two, three. He jumps from the free throw line, and he almost dunks it two-handed. In a game, this is in a game. This isn't a, you know, he's by himself, some dunk contest kind of thing. In a game, three dribbles, free throw line, almost dunks two-handed in traffic. Then we get to Champions Classic, (laughs) and I had a chance to write a story about him, and, you know, everybody says the same thing. But sometimes what people say is, well, that's just the hype. Is he really going to live up to the hype? Then you see him against Kentucky. And people keep saying, if you didn't see it, that he blocked Nick Richards' shot, and then he had the pass on the other end. Mm-hmm. He didn't block it; he cuffed it. Yeah, he took it away. From yeah, him. it wasn't it wasn't a block, and it wasn't like he blocked it and caught it. He like cuffed it. Man, it was like yeah. he just he just took it from him, like an apple tree or something. <laughs> Apples are on trees, right? Apple just, trees, right? Just like yeah. grabbing an apple mm-hmm. from the tree, just grabbed from the tree and just took and off. just cuffed it. Yep. And then <laughs> that's where it's supposed to end for a dude who's six foot six, two hundred and seventy two pounds. That should be the end of the story. Give it to your point guard. 
let him finish the play on the other end. Oh no. Mm-mm. Six foot six, two hundred and seventy-two pound JJ Watt looking Zion Williamson pushes the ball <laughs> up the floor. And now he's a point guard. Yeah. What do you do with a dude that big running down the floor with the ball in his head? This kid is scary, man. This kid is scary, dude, scary good. It's real, man. He's scary good. Now, I don't know, Manny. What I will say is, can we please stop comparing anyone to LeBron? Yeah, that's yeah, that's, can we that's just, absurd. We owe these kids, and I'm, I really mean this, we owe it to these young players. And I'm not talking about college, high school. Middle, we owe it to these kids to stop making these grandiose comparisons to legends. It's just Let not them fair. Be themselves. Yes, it's not yeah. fair to these kids. I talked to so many coaches. Hey, tell me about this guy. Well, he's got a little bit of KD in him. Is he worth three hundred million dollars with three rings, two rings? Is he? Is, is that? Is that how he has a little bit of KD in him? Stop saying that to this, these young guys, man. Let them be who they are, like you said. Zion ain't LeBron. Mm-mm. If anything, he's Bo Jackson with a basketball. <laughs> he's 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 Zion Williamson. That is the scary thing about him is like if you're like trying if he's driving the lane and you're like trying to defend him and he's oh, you coming ain't right doing at it. you like. No. I'm probably, I'll admit, I'll be a sissy. I'll probably get out of the way and <laughs> Listen, say, all right, there, go ahead. There you go. Hey, I got plans tonight. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be in the ER because I wanted to be a hero. Because <laughs> now Zion's knee imprint is in the middle of my chest. I'm not yeah. fighting Thanos. You know, he, he's, and he's a great kid. I've had a chance to be Terrific around him, kid. talk he to him, interview him. very smart, sharp Great kid. kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, Coach K, I sat down with Coach K a couple weeks ago, and he said, he said, Myron, I really like my team. He said, no, no, I really like my team. I haven't heard him talk about a team this way since the 2015 team that won a national championship. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he really loves these guys, how they play together, how they work together. Trey Jones had seven assists, no turnovers, quietly, but he was sort of the glue guy. They just have so many components. R.J. Barrett, we were talking earlier, R.J. Barrett can start for the Timberwolves tomorrow. He's that good. Projected number one pick. Cam Reddish had the had the the quiet 22-point effort, but Zion is the one where you look at him, Manny, and you go, oh boy. have we ever seen anything like that? I'm not going to compare him to LeBron, but have we ever seen someone who could do that in that kind of body? And here's the thing, too. You look at him, and you said 6'6", 272, 275, whatever he is. Myron, he's 18. Dog, dude. He's 18. Dude. And he and he's not like 18 getting ready to turn 19 in like a month or so. No. He just turned 18 in the dude. summer. It's like it's ridiculous. And he's from South Carolina. Which that's a South Carolina defensive end. <laughs> yeah. His his high school team didn't have a football team. I don't know. The way he runs, man, you might want to put him split him out wide, let him run oh, some you, routes. Oh my goodness. He'd be <laughs> The only reason I think he's playing basketball is because somehow his South Carolina team school didn't have a football team. Really? If he I grow, did not know that. If he he didn't yeah, he said, you know, he didn't get his size really until his junior year. Mm-hmm. He was a point guard up until his freshman season. Didn't get his size till his junior year. Dad was a six foot five, two hundred and seventy pound high school All American and went to NC State. But if he grows up in Texas, if he grows up in Ohio, if he grows up in Florida, if he grows up in Cali, if he grows up in any of those football 
hotbeds. If he grows up in Wisconsin or Minnesota, he's a football player. Now, I'm not saying he wouldn't have basketball skills, but he'd be an all-state football player on top of what we're seeing now. People keep comparing him to LeBron. Stop that. What I will say is he is as big as J.J. Watt. Think about that for a minute. Mm -hmm. J.J. Watt is 6'5", 280. Zion Williamson is the size of J.J. Watt. Mm. Imagine if J.J. Watt, who's a freakish athlete himself, Mm -hmm. was on a basketball court. That, like I feel like that's what you're watching more than LeBron James. And he's running like a deer, and he's leaping over people, and he's and he's handling the ball and passing and dropping Dude, dimes. That's the scary yeah. part. When uh, you know John Calipari after the game, you know he said, "Look, we thought our height would bother him. It didn't, because he's so strong." Mm-hmm. Now the question becomes, Maddie, is he the number one pick? Because R.J. Barrett, I think, had the better game, and I think R.J. Barrett is more skilled. But it's going to be hard to pass on Zion Williamson just for what he is, what he could become, and what he could do for your ticket sales, right? Mm-hmm. I, You know what? <laughs> considering where the Wolves are right now, <laughs> and considering, I mean, they're probably not going to be a playoff team, and they've got all this dysfunction and everything, and Jimmy wants out and all this. I Listen, I I I I don't I'm not the guy that likes to encourage tanking cuz I hate like when teams are intentionally trying to lose games and everything but if this team ends up if this team is going to be bad then just be bad and get try and get one of these two kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that's that's kind of where I'm at and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to think that. I don't want to encourage Oh, but we're there. Lose. But but we're kind of at this point now where it's like, look, they're 4 and 8. They're not they're not going to make the playoffs. Jimmy wants out. There's all sorts of dysfunction. This is the sort of thing that if you got Towns and Wiggins, you can get one of these two kids, Williamson or Barrett. This can help sort of expedite this rebuilding thing that you may have to do, evidently. So, yeah, I mean, they're. I won't complain. If they end up with a top two pick, I'm, I won't complain. Both of those all. guys, both of those guys are, are, you know, have a chance. Granted, I mean, it's, it's so hard to project, but both guys have a chance to really alter a franchise, right? Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, fan reception, if you get Zion, season tickets are sold. You, you've already sold out next mm-hmm. season. He's that explosive. You heard, you heard it on the highlight there. Dan Schulman said it. 1.8 million followers on Instagram. It's, Drake's wearing his jersey. <laughs> you know what I mean? He He's yeah. just... His teammates call him Xanos, like Thanos. They call mm-hmm, him Xanos. Mm-hmm. He's just a unique kind of guy. And I'm trying to think the last time I was this excited about a player coming into college. LeBron didn't play. Kobe didn't play. You know, I, I can't remember the last time we had a guy come into college. People knew about Anthony Davis after a couple games. They knew about Trey Young after a couple months. Kyrie Irving gets hurt. We never really saw him. I mean, in recent years... We, ben Simmons, there was a lot of hype, but he's at LSU. It was a little different deal. Man, I cannot recall the last time there was this much buzz around a player coming in to college. And, you know, put him in the dunk contest today. <laughs> like, put him in this year's dunk contest. I would love to see it. He's doing dunk contest things in the middle of games. Yeah. And he dunks hard. And he's ferocious. And, like... 
he's nasty. Like all those kids, you know, Duke gets that knock as being the kids are soft and, you know, people, whatever, they're polarizing. These three kids, four kids, because Trey got some dog in him too. These four freshmen, they're coming for your throw. You know what I like the most about them too, all three of them, is that they, and this is where I look, we go back to Andrew Wiggins here. These kids, they go 100 miles an hour, man. Every time. Every time. Like they're, Which you have to. Yeah. I mean, these kids, you can tell there is a motor there with these guys, and they're going to come, and they're going to they're gonna try and bust you in the mouth. Which is. They're going yes. <laughs> to they're, they're come ready to play for you, even though, I mean, they're young, and they're going to get to the NBA, and they're going to go through their rookie, you know, down slides and things like that, but. They're gonna, they're like what we're seeing with Josh Okogi and the Wolves right now. Those kids, they have that same sort of. They look like they have that same sort of push and drive. They definitely have that energy. Yeah. They definitely have that skill. Zion, man, it's just, it's it's just. I told people before the season that he would be a household name, and some of those people laughed. It only took one game, Manny. Now look, yep. Now look at him. Now we'll be back after this. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there. On 1500 ESPN. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details.